You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. We are so grateful for every moment and everything that God is doing in our lives. We don't know the future, but God knows our future. He holds our future in His hand. And God has planned good and wonderful things for us. Many people today, if you ask them, how are you doing? I'm fine. But are they really fine? Because remember, you're a two-part being. You have a divine nature, your spirit being that's linked up with God, and then you have your human nature. So many times, when you ask people, how are you doing? They'll say, I'm fine. But are they really fine? Or you'll find people, how are you doing? And they start murmuring and complaining. That part that complains is your outer man. It's your natural man. It's your flesh that is suffering. But when you are linked up with God and somebody asks you, how are you doing? You can say, I'm fine with all confidence. Because when you say, I am well, It's your spirit man talking. How I'm doing has got very little to do with how I'm feeling. Did you hear what I'm saying? How I'm doing has got very little to do with how I'm feeling. Because outwardly I might be feeling not well. But inwardly the part that's linked up with God. My soul says all is well. My God is in control. I'm linked up with God. He is busy perfecting everything concerning me. We're not saying to ignore situations. When your ankle is broken, you don't say, my ankle is not broken. My ankle is not broken. My ankle is not broken. No. You can acknowledge a situation. There's trouble. There's a challenge. And Christianity is almost at a place where when there's trouble, they don't want to call it trouble. They call it the situation. But you know it's not the, it's trouble. So we don't say the ankle is not broken. We say there's an ankle that's broken, but by Jesus stripes, it's healed. There's a solution. And if you look at your situation the whole time, you'll become discouraged. Every situation that you are facing as a Christian, when you know God is in control of your life, is not there to destroy you, but to take you from where you are to where God wants you to be. It was the bear that prepared David for the giant. It was the giant that prepared David to face Saul. It was Saul's persecution, tribulations, pursuing him, wanting to kill him, that prepared him for Zion. Every situation, tribulation, difficulty that you are facing right now, you can be assured God will use it as a stepping stone to take you from where you are to where God wants you to be. Many times we face things that push us to the limit. 
you found yourself at a place where you think you've reached your limit, Moses reached his limit when he hit a wall of water. And he had Egyptians coming from behind and he was stuck between the two valleys. When he hit that limit, God said, okay, let the waters open up. I'm going to take him through. Abraham, his promise that he had, God said to him, take your son, the one that you love so much, your only one, and go and sacrifice him. He had hit his limit. At that time, God provided a lamb. Hannah didn't have children. When she had hit her limit, God gave her a son. Even Jesus, I think he's the son of God, but it appears that when he had to face death, it almost hit his limit. Why do I say that? Because he said, Father, if there's any way possible that this cup can pass me by, let it pass me by. But if it's not your will, your will be done in my life. Amen. He said, even if I have to die, I know there's a purpose in it and you'll see me through. And God raised him from the dead. Amen. When you know God is in control of your life, whatever situation you are facing, ask God to enlighten your eyes to look beyond your situation. Because beyond your situation, there's victory. Beyond your situation, there's success. Beyond your situation, there's new life. Will bring me to our sermon topic for this morning. Look beyond your situation. Turn to your neighbor and say, look beyond your situation. Listen to what the Bible says in Hebrews 12. Verse 2. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. You know what's the good news, family? Jesus will never leave you without instruction, never leave you without direction, never leave you without counseling. He is the Word. He is ready to talk to us, to give us instruction and direction. Hebrews 12 verse 2, we look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze unto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this, because his heart was filled with the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. So consider carefully how Jesus faced some intense opposition. Don't be discouraged, family. If Jesus faced intense opposition and he had victory over it, the intense opposition that you are facing right now, God will give you victory as well. So consider carefully how Jesus faced such intense opposition from sinners with a, who opposed their own souls so that you won't become worn down and cave in under life's pressures, forgetting your destiny. After all, you have not yet reached the point of sweating blood in your opposition to sin. And have you forgotten the encouraging words spoken to you as his children? He said, my child, don't underestimate the value of the discipline of training of the Lord. Or get depressed when he has to correct you. For the Lord's training of your life is the evidence of his faithful love. And when he draws you to himself, it proves you are his delightful 
child. Don't look at the situation that you are facing now as something that's limiting you. But see it as something that the Lord will use to advance you from where you are to where God wants you to be. Many times we murmur and complain about the situation that we find ourselves in. Little do we know God is aware of it. Saying that the discipline that you are going through, the things that you are learning from it, learn it, apply it in your life and you'll see what it will do. But oftentimes we complain and murmur about things the whole time. Thinking that God has changed his mind, his thoughts, his plans about our lives. But God cannot change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the good things that he has planned for you, that he's purposed for you, he's not going to take it away. Turn to your neighbor and say, we are on planet earth. We are not in heaven now. Why am I saying that? Because many people think heaven is earth or earth is heaven no we're here on planet earth where there's troubles where there's challenges in this life you are going to face challenges things are not always going to work out the way that you think it should you're looking at me surprised think for one minute the day you were born what did the doctor do what did the nurse do they gave you a smack in your bum life started with a smack in your bum why should you should start to cry and things can start to function in the right way? So even in that smack, ah! oh, there's joy in that. Thank you, Jesus. The baby is screaming. He's alive. Some of you, if you didn't get that smack, there would be no scream. You wouldn't be here. So life starts with a smack on the butt. But there's purpose in that. There's life in that. There's joy in that. We are not in heaven yet. But Jesus here on earth said, when you pray, I've placed you here to manifest what is in heaven here on earth. Jesus came from heaven to earth. He says, whatever is bound here, he says, whatever you declare here is declared in. Jesus, even when he was talking to Nicodemus, he said, Nicodemus, I might be talking to you right now, but I'm going to tell you, while I'm talking to you right now, I'm in heaven. You are seated in heavenly places. When you are seated in heavenly places, you have the mind and the view and the vision of what's going on in heaven. Jesus said, I've linked you up with me, seated next to the Father. You are seated in heavenly places, so that while you are working here on earth where there's challenges, where there's troubles, you can manifest heaven here on earth. People here today need a little bit of heaven here on earth. Just because you've got an assignment to manifest heaven here on earth, doesn't mean the devil will not throw everything at you. In this time, we are to focus upon God even more and more and more. Let's turn to Jeremiah 29 verse 11. Family, what changes everything for us is the gospel of grace. The gospel of grace changes everything. Because grace is God treating us better than what we deserve. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 to 13. 
For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. What is God after? God is after your heart. He wants you to put your trust in Him, in everything. When God has got your heart, He's got everything. Jesus said, I'm not giving you peace as the world gives you. I'm giving you a different kind of peace. In this world, you will experience tribulations. You will experience difficulties. But know this, I have overcome, I have conquered this world. In other words, as a believer, when you start walking with God, you are walking in victory already. You are walking in victory wherever you are going. Doesn't mean the enemy will not try to attack you. But even when he attacks, you can keep your peace. Because you know whatever situation is here, Christ has conquered it. Whatever difficulty is here, Christ has dealt with it on the cross. Your situation that you are facing right now. One thing that I've seen in life. People that come and they seek deliverance. They seek breakthrough. They seek salvation. Whatever you are looking for. You think that is the end. That's not the end. It's a means to an end. When people are seeking all those things. What they are actually seeking is Jesus himself. Because Jesus is the answer to all fundamental problems. Why do people start blaspheming and speaking against God? Because when they face a challenge, when they face a difficulty, they come to church looking for the breakthrough, the healing, the deliverance. And once they've got it, they think, okay, now I can walk away from God again. Not realizing that they need God even more. Then they start saying, it didn't work. It worked. That you continue with your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. When you're a believer, whatever situation you are facing, you'll always know beyond that difficulty, there's victory for me. Beyond that difficulty, there's success for me. Beyond whatever I'm facing, God has planned good things for me. So in that time of difficulty, knowing that God has planned good things for you, seek Him the more. Pray to him the more. He will hear you. He will answer you. He will help you. The question is, are you a believer? The promises that God has given you. The promise that God has given you. Have you allowed the Holy Spirit to train you? To disciple you? To discipline you? So that you can be fit enough to finish strong at the end. Remember Joseph, with his great vision and his great calling that he had. Imagine God showing you, your father is going to bow down before you. Your brothers are going to bow down before you. He's got the wonderful coat that everybody can see wherever he goes. All those things put pride in his heart and God had to deal with it see now you don't get any amen 
how many Christians or how many pastors will teach their congregation members, God wants to bless you, but I want you to start to pray every night, Lord, cleanse me before you bless me. No, 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 Lord, leave the cleansing. Just give the blessings. I'm ready. I'm ready, Lord. Double, double, give it to me. But that's a good prayer because if you pray that prayer in humility and sincerity of heart and God prepares you and he cleanses you, you'll be able to maintain your blessing. But now because God has not sanctified you, not renewed your mind, you're still doing business in a wrong way. And that which you seems like a blessing, when the devil gives you a blessing or hands you a blessing, there's always a condition to it. But God's blessings are unconditional. Listen, John 14 verse 1. The prophet T.B. Joshua says, If you are to fit into the promise of hope, you must learn to walk with the Lord. If you are to fit into the promise of hope, you must learn to walk with the Lord. John 14 verse 1. Don't worry or surrender to your fear. For you've believed in God, now trust and believe in me also. My Father's house has many dwelling places. If it were otherwise, I would tell you plainly, because I go to prepare a place for you to rest. And when everything is ready, I will come back and take you into me so that you will be where I am. The New King James says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. We're not saying ignore the challenges that you are facing. We're just saying there's a greater reason, a greater one, working out the answer, the solution to your situation. Don't focus so much on your challenges that you lose focus of what God is doing. Amen? Don't say your situations, your trials are in control of your life. God is the one that's in control of your life. All of us face the same challenges. They just camouflaged differently. All of us have people saying things about us. Raise your hand. People have said nasty things about you. Am I right? Ugly things about you. Do you know what the Bible's advice on something like that is? The Bible says, do not take everything to heart that people have said about you. Because you yourself have also said things about people. Can you see that two-edged sword, how it's cutting now? Did you hear what they say about me? Just first tell us what you've said about them. Can you see how much we need God? Because when people say things about us, the way that we respond can also be wrong, and we can say things about them. When people are nasty and say ugly things about you, don't respond now with nastiness as well. Don't take everything to heart that people have said about you. The Bible says in the book of Lamentations, who can say something and it will come to pass unless it's approved by the Lord? So if people say things about you, don't take offense and let that offense pull you down. Just let it go and say, God, you are in control of my life. Doesn't matter what the people say. I know what you've said. Amen. And be led by the Holy Spirit. Amen? 
Young ladies, don't now come and say, God said I must marry this guy. And your parents say, no, don't marry him. And you say, but I have to listen to God. No. Before you were there, God put your parents there for a reason. Hello? God has got an order of doing things. Don't now you become so spiritual and say, two angels appeared to me. And said, I must marry this one. There's still common sense. We live in a society where everybody thinks they're a prophet and a prophetess. Hmm? Turn with me in your Bibles to two kings. Before we go there, why does God say, do not let your heart be troubled? He says, do not fear or do not give in to your fears. Because fear is more deceptive than the devil himself. Fear is more deceptive than the devil himself. Fear will make you look at things differently. People have fear of many things. Fear of the future. Fear of their health. Fear of their future, their career. Fear of death. Fear can take you in the wrong direction. Because fear occupies your heart. Are you there? 2 Kings 4 verse 16. Then he said, about this time next year you shall embrace a son. And she said, no my Lord. Man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come, of which Elisha had told her. And the child grew. Now it happened one day that he went out to his father, to the reapers, and he said to his father, My head, my head. So he said to a servant, Carry him to his mother. When he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on, he, on her knees till noon and then died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut the door upon him and went out. Then she called to her husband and said, Please send me one of the young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come back. So he said, Why are you going to him today? It is neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. And she said, It is well. Family, there's a need for us to have a positive confession. Faith's confession is always positive one. You might look at this situation and you say, this is a serious situation. This is a woman who got a promise from the man of God that you'll have a child. She got her promise and now the child died. How can you say all is well? But that's faith's confession. Yes, something for all of us to learn from this. Doesn't matter what was going on on the outside. On the inside, she believed that God was in control. Whatever situation you are facing, whether it seems like all is lost. I mean, for this woman to have lost her child at this old age. But she held on to a confession. Faith always has a positive confession. Because she looked beyond her situation. She didn't look at the situation. She looked beyond that situation and she saw hope. She knew that God would come through for her. What situation are you facing right now? What are you confessing about your situation that you are facing right now? Is your situation directing your prayers? Is your situation directing your confessions? Or do you know what God has said about your situation? Do you know what God has promised you? And are you holding on to that confession? 
from a natural point of view, that might seem very difficult. Say, Pastor, have some compassion. This is an old woman that's just lost a child. But that rich treasure on the inside, she did not doubt for one moment. She said, the man of God gave me this word that I would have a child. And this is the child from the hand of God. I'm going to hold on to my confession. How is it going? It is well. You even see the man of God sending Gehazi to and say, ask, how is your husband? How are you? How are your child? She says, all is well. All is well. Can you see what she did? She took the child and laid him in the man of God's room. It's where his altar was. She took him there because she knew God was the only solution. It's God's presence that changes our lives. You know, when my children were little and they were sick, I would take them from their room and come put them in the bed where I used to sleep, where I sleep. Say, be here. Because I understand the principle of anointing. If you even see what Gahasi here, the instruction that was given, the man of God said, take my rod and go put it on the child. Why? Because he knew there's a transference of the anointing. If it's authentic, real man of God, yes. If you understand these things, when anointing gets done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by an authentic, real man of God that's anointed, there's a transference. Our faith is not in those objects. Our faith is in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we know that it's the Lord Jesus Christ that has called that person. Why do you think handkerchiefs could go from Paul and people could be healed? People could be delivered. If you use a handkerchief and give it to somebody, you have to have the grace, the ability to look and see beyond your situation. Even if you are facing a difficulty, what did Jesus say to Peter? He said, Peter, the devil wanted to take you out. He wanted to sift you. But I've prayed for you that your faith will not fail. That your faith will not fail. You'd now think, how can Peter's faith fail? When God has told him, you are the rock. You are the one that I'm going to use to build my church. Am I not right? That's what he said. He says, I'm going to use you. You're going to be an apostle. You're going to do great and wonderful things. Then he says, even though I've called him, he says, Peter, I've been praying for you. Because you have this grace upon your life, the devil wants to take you out. I've been praying for you. I've been interceding for you. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus is praying for you. You've been wondering, doubting your situation. But now that you know that Jesus is praying for you, if you heard Jesus praying for your situation on that side of the wall, how would your confession change about your situation? Answer that question. If you heard Jesus praying for you on that side of the wall, how would your confession change? I've heard Jesus praying for my situation. Situation. <laughs> I'm looking beyond you. Jesus was praying for him. That his faith would not fail. What did he say directly after that? He says, Jesus, acting in self-confidence. Jesus, wherever you go, I'll go. Even if you go to prison, I'll go with you. Wherever. Jesus said to him, 
Peter, I'm giving you my version. Peter, you've put your confidence in yourself and think you can do it. If you try and do it without the grace of God, you're going to fail. Before the end of today, you're going to deny me three times. Never do things out of your own strength. Everything is the grace of God so that no man can boast. Now it's very quiet. All of us have done things in our own strength. Let me warn some Christians. Many Christians are facing challenges because they've tempted the devil. Don't tempt the devil. The devil tempted Jesus. Jesus never tempted the devil. Be very careful. Don't say, ah, devil, da, 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 da. Stupid, foolish things that people say. Don't say things like that out of your own strength. We know God is our victory. We know God is our shield. We know God is our deliverer. Jesus never tempted the devil. The devil tempted him. Don't say arrogant things in your own strength towards the devil and challenge him. Do you see how pastors go for deliverance that tempted the devil? Hello? What did Jesus say to his disciples? Never boast over the fact that you can cast out demons. But rejoice in the fact that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Say, thank you, Jesus, I'm saved. Don't rejoice and think you're something because you can cast out a devil. You cannot cast out a devil. It's Jesus that does it. So oftentimes what you are going through serves a purpose, like Joseph. Serves a purpose to develop his character so that he could be ready for what God had called him to do. At the end, when his brothers wanted to repent, he said, stop. Don't you now say you were in control of my life. You did this. You didn't do it. God allowed it. He was the one who did it in my life. To bring deliverance to many people. In many situations that you are facing right now, let me give you some good advice. Take the correction and move on. Learn from it what you can. Don't make the same mistake and enjoy peace and joy tomorrow. Jesus never ran away from any challenges, from any difficulty. He faced all of them. It's very quiet now. Some of the things you have to face, there are certain unchangeable events. If there's an unchangeable event, you know God is in control and his name will be glorified. Jesus dying on the cross was an unchangeable event. The Son of God that God the Father heard the whole time said, If there's any way that this cup can pass me by, but not your will, not my will be done, Lord, your will. It's an unchangeable event. Turn to your neighbor and say there's unchangeable events in your life. But they will glorify God's name. Tell them again. Say there's unchangeable events in your life. But they will glorify God's name. You have to look beyond your situation. We are busy discipling you. We are busy training you. Family, listen to me. When you face difficult situations, many people have quitted key destiny relationships because they were not celebrated. Elisha could have missed it very easily when Elijah threw his mantle upon him. 
And he said, can I just quickly go say goodbye to my parents? He says, what have I got to do with that? I'm going. And he walked away. Could have said, this man of God is unreasonable. Doesn't he know that I'm called? He's done now just said his mantle will fall upon me. And now he walks away from me. Joseph, when he was in the pit, he said, I know where I belong. And he kept his heart right. Don't quit your position because you've not been acknowledged. People with great callings will go through great testings and great preparation. Let me tell you something. In the church where I came from, where I was discipled, where I was trained, where my character was shaped, although I had the gift and the grace to teach, my pastor never allowed me to preach once in his church. If I was looking for acknowledgement, I would have quitted that relationship. And what God wanted to shape and form in my life would never have taken place. Going to synagogue. If I had gone there for a prophetic word, I would have quitted the relationship a long time ago. Because I had to wait 10 years before the prophet prophesied over me. The first time. From the first time that I knew in my heart, God showed me a vision and said, you have to go to synagogue. You're going to walk. You have to walk with this man. When I prayed in my heart, when I prayed and I said, God, if this is the person that I'm going to walk with, There's no need that any man of God has to lay hands on me. Let him lay hands on me. Do you know what was the result of that prayer? Being a district pastor, I was never ordained as a pastor. I was never ordained as a pastor. When we started this church, I went to the pastor and I said, we want to start the church. Can you just give me some guidance? He says, fine. I said, but I just want to tell you something. Because I know where you are coming from, a pastor must be ordained. I want to tell you, we're starting a church, but I've never been ordained as a pastor. He said, no. I said, I'm telling you the truth, sir. He said, okay, you know what I will do? When the bishops come from America, we will lay hands on you and ordain you as a pastor. I said, thank you, sir. He forgot about me. In 2003 is when I told him about this. In 2006, 10 years later, I went to the synagogue the first time. If I had to start preaching, waiting for men of God to ordain me, and not walking in rebellion saying, nobody's going to lay hands on me, God knew my heart's desire. I still went and I submitted and I shared this for them to do what they have to do. And it didn't happen. It's the Lord's doing. Hello? If I say this, say, you know, this is how things work and now it doesn't work, it's the Lord's doing. I never got discouraged. When I went there in 2007, 
I first missed my flight on the way back to South Africa. Hello? Disappointment. And God said, in disappointment, there's an appointment. In 2007 only, when I sat in front of the prophet, he said to me, it's okay, I will pray for you. I said, thank you, sir. Don't get discouraged because you're not acknowledged. Don't get discouraged because you don't get a prophetic word. In those 10 years, every message that I've listened to, I've taken it as a prophetic word. Every one of his sermons have become a prophetic message into my life to give me guidance, to give me direction. And I say, Lord, give me that grace that every sermon that I preach will become a prophetic message to every person so that their lives can be changed and they won't become discouraged. Don't resign your duties because you're not recognized. If you are doing it as unto the Lord, God has recognized you already. God has seen you already and you will get your reward. I said to somebody in this past week, I said, if you're a hard worker and you remain faithful and you say nobody sees you, it's a lie from the devil. If you're a hard worker in your company, in your department, even if you think your boss does not see you, God sees it. And God will send somebody that will notice that and offer you a better package that you cannot refuse because of your faithfulness. But if you get discouraged there where you are and you start to murmur and complain, how can God then speak to that person and say, this person that's murmuring and complaining, bring them to your department, they're going to help you. No. Some of you should have received your promotion a long time ago, but you're back-chatting your boss the whole time. You're giving him a hard time. And he is saying, you've got so much potential, I would love to appoint you, but if I put you in a more senior position, won't you be giving me more senior back chat, more senior problems? Some of you, to get your promotion and your increase, you must just keep quiet and leave it for God. I know it's promotion time. I know it's time where you're doing your performance appraisals. It's not now the time to fight. The rest of the year, you should have been faithful. You should have been working hard. May God strengthen you and empower you until His name is glorified in your life. Siela. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.